Hi, and welcome to this episode of the podcast, the second one of the day. Um, again, going back to an old intro. Great bean. Mary J songs are now on Q105. Be without you. Real love. Family affair. Uh, of course, this is, I, I feel kind of like family. Um, because uh, Stuart James, this is the, I did not want to put this on the other part of the podcast. I know it's so easy to hop and skip around, but I didn't even want to waste your time. Um, so we did a tw- uh, 20 minutes or so with talking all about the Ability Center. But every time I see Stuart, like we have this friendship, this this family ship, this kinship, because we're both from the same part of the country. We both can be kind of dicks. But we can be thick-skinned to a degree, and we understand some some gruff. We're we're both extremely hard to offend again because of kind of where we came from. We both have uh, similar perspectives now, having been here quite some time. Him um, much more since the the fall of twenty one. Um, but every time I'm over at my second job, or he and I are just shooting text messages back and forth or tweets, he's like, "Man, we should we should just we should we need to do a sports podcast." I'm like, "We can, but like we, neither of us have time." What's very cool about this is um, it was in the earlier part of the podcast. And by the way, this will be pretty hardcore sports, but we'll start with a bunch of UT stuff. Uh, we'll talk some Lions. And then if you're an NBA person, we hit a bunch of that. And we also unleash a little bit on the ludicrous experience of Aaron Rodgers. He is, what, what's my dad, what's, what's a barryism? He took it from somebody else. An empty mind is the devil's playground. Aaron Rodgers, who's been rehabbing his torn Achilles, has had way too much free time. And you see what happens. You get yourself in trouble with you have, when you have free time, even when you're someone like him, who could literally buy his way out of boredom. Um, quick thing with Stuart here. It was in the first podcast with him. Stuart lost his hearing uh, and, and could barely hear anything with his first visit. Within the last eight months, he got a cochlear implant. He was afraid to get it, uh, as he mentioned in the first podcast, because if it doesn't work, you can't hear anything. But he got it, and it it, it, it changed his life, as you obviously think that you, you can understand how it would. So this is super cool that he doesn't need his, uh, his phone to tell him what I'm saying, and uh, I'm excited for him to listen back to what he has always wanted. An Eric and Stewart sports podcast. All right, what do you want to do? Sports stuff. What do you want to get? How was that? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm telling you, I had my brother came in, and he was supposed to arrive at ten o'clock. He got delayed, delayed, delayed. He got in my car at two thirty in the morning and out in Detroit. Are you? You could have bailed if you needed I to. Would never bail on you. You could have bailed. I would never bail on you. I'm one you can bail on because I can adjust well. <laughs> I would never bail. Um, this is staying in the podcast so you, people can hear our friendship. Um, I was supposed to have Brian last week. Blair. Yeah. Um, and you want to say something? No. Um, his assistant reached out and she's like, he's got to be downtown at like X. So she's like, I can do 45 minutes. I was like, I don't want to hold him up. Um, and I would like him to have some latitude so we can talk because it's a good conversation. So I bumped him back to next week, but he's, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to your neighbor. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to you, to you talking to him and I'm very curious. You know, this is a great topic. Actually, we've been talking about it a lot in my office 
the athletic director of the University of Toledo job, I think today is different than it was 18 months ago when he took it. Thousand percent. And I'm curious about that dynamic for him. I mean, he took the job as a stepping stone, but the world has changed so much in college football. And he probably foresaw some of this because it was it was rumbling back then, even though the NCA is a poorly run entity. Uh, you're talking about NIL, name, image, likeness, players getting paid, um, the transfer portal, which any college sports fan knows where um, you need name tags every year. It's, it's, it's wild. Like, UT probably just got their hardest punch from the portal where uh, last year he was a borderline. He was an early season Heisman candidate, Daquan Finn, the quarterback, got hurt. But this year he was healthy all year, had a great year, and he's like, I'm out. And it's all about money, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know the truth to any of it, but um, I heard UT tried to come up with some money, the collective, not the school. Um, you know, of you know, they were trying to find him like thirty, forty grand, but Baylor's offered him ten times that much, and so off he goes. And you know, for a guy who I don't know may not play on Sundays, um, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. and you got to take it. Um, but it's more than that. I think more and more than that for Brian is the collapse of the Pac-12. And, Explain that if you would. Sports well, TV stuff coming in. It's the TV stuff and the collapse of the. Pac-12 has potentially accelerated a really significant change where there is really just going to be one mega conference. Agree. And everybody else. I asked him this a little bit. I have thought this for for many, many years. Um, I I have asked, I think I did ask him this. To your point, um, that mega conference, which will have 40 teams, 60 teams, um, a lot of the budget, and I think some, some people know this, uh, some lay people know this. The a lot of the budget for the entire athletic department for Bowling Green and UT um, comes in on like the second Saturday of September when those two teams go to somewhere to get their asses kicked. They get a lot of money for those games, and it goes right back into the athletic department. I think you and I know with that power conference, there's no need to schedule those teams anymore. No, there isn't, um, and you know. And it's it's a sad thing because sometimes those teams don't get their asses kicked. Sometimes they show up. Uh, UT always beat Illinois. Yes. Um, they almost beat Notre Dame. Yep. Um, the Ohio State game was very ugly. Well, <laughs> 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 that's, that's, I'm trying to forget okay. about that. Um, you know, so I, I think that's unfortunate. I, we were talking about this uh, with some friends of mine. We were watching Army-Navy this year. And that may be the last great college football game in the traditional yeah. sense. Um, it's just such an amazing game with all the tradition. That's all just going to go away. I mean, we've already lost the bowls. The bowls are meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, if anything, maybe you move the bowls to the beginning of the season mm-hmm. when all the guys are still playing. Yeah. Um, because I didn't. I don't think I watched a single bowl game this year. I mean, other than the college playoffs, I, I was uninterested. They were just. Florida State, that was a joke. That was a joke. I thought that was okay. <laughs> but you know what? I, I think I agree with Chris Russo when he said, hey, these guys complained for three weeks about getting excluded from the playoffs. They had a chance to really show themselves against Georgia, and they all bolted. Right. Right. Didn't yeah. show up. Yeah, it's a 
this is it's one of the reasons why, um, especially when I left doing sports talk radio, I just kind of stepped away from college football. Like we rarely talk about it. We rarely talk about games. We'll talk about like these large issues with it, but not the games. We talk pro sports stuff. It's just it's the wild west from from the colleges to the games to the Harbaugh cheating stuff. And then I I, I loved. After the national championship game, I don't know if you saw this. I, I put it out there on, on my socials. Florida State got dinged for like some NIL infractions, and Georgia had coaches driving drunk. <laughs> like it, uh, it, unsavory it isn't a harsh enough word for high level college football. That's absolutely accurate. Um, and you know, it'd be interesting. I, I I would like to chat with Brian at some point when I find him. Um, Toledo's. Toledo, is, uh, the university itself, it has some challenges yeah. right now. Enrollment is way down. Um, when when, and if this mega conference, it's almost here already, really, with four power conferences, what does Toledo football look like? I mean, you know, especially with the portal, because you get a good kid in, he's going to be gone. They, he's just going to be gone. They're is, ha- it, is it a four-year junior college? In terms of football. Maybe. Um, do all the left out teams form their own conference? Do you do you step down? Um, or the other teams step up, in, like the North Dakota states of the world? You know, yes. Um, I don't know if that was a great... I mean, North Dakota State, those are interesting schools because North Dakota, South Dakota... Um, Montana, you have the whole state behind you. There's right. nothing else. We're we're sandwiched between Michigan and Ohio State, and then Notre Dame. It's you ta- you talked about like, do they just become junior colleges? I I have a another question to run by on. I, I love this discussion that we can have it, and it's recorded. Um, who's gonna watch that stuff? Like, I just all this stuff is fueled by TV money, and I just don't see no matter how good North Dakota State is and can compete with Toledo. I just, nobody's watching that game. No, nobody's watching that game. Sorry. Um, you know, well, who watches Division Two right now? But it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I. That's why I'm curious what Brian would think about this. Um, Do sports go away? You know, it is going away in a lot of schools. I mean, yeah. at least some sports. Um, yeah. Or do you go, you know, I heard, I don't remember who was talking to me about it, but it may have actually been Bill Bissett at Lloyd University about, you know, what role does the NCAA then play in a mega conference? They're almost going to be unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Do they take over NAIA? And then do we have that sort of, do we have a minor league of sports at the top level but and a real college level sports below it? But still, there's no money. No money. But you know, you. I, every time I see this, I think of a term you use. Um, it, it's insane <laughs> how some of these volleyball players who are attractive, who have hit the <laughs> DNA lottery. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> that's the word. Um, or women's gymnasts who just happen to be extremely attractive. Or, or really good on social. Like they're and good on social yeah. and who have a following. And maybe, I mean, they're playing Division One athletics. They're good at their game. But they are never going to earn the money they're making right now. Maybe. And 
but that doesn't keep the sports afloat in a way. Like no. they'll make money, but the 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 landscape like they we can't afford the gymnastics team anymore. Sorry. Um, it's interesting. You might not have heard the story, but I I'm really excited to ask Brian about it. It was in the Blade the other day. They have created like a social studio where they can make all their NIL stuff and TikTok videos. Um, and I guess they're one of the first, maybe the first university in the country to do that. And I'm sure that's Brian's brainchild. And it's a great idea. It is a great idea. Um, you know, but at what point does it take away from the actual product on the field? Because, sure. you know, we're turning these kids into celebrities and they're forgetting that, you know, college is where you build the foundation for the rest of your life. Um, and in college sports is where you're building the foundation to potentially go on to something or use those skills in your life beyond it. If you get it too early, you miss that part of the part of the process. We sound so old. Me too. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think I do think um, it's hard to coach today. I've talked to a lot of coaches at all levels, even the top level. Players are much more sensitive. And um, and rightly so, mental health is is is, is not being focused on, which is good. Um, but you know, I think um, it's it's hard to coach today. Mm -hmm. um, for a, a lot of reasons. Um, all right, we can wrap up college stuff because we can do that forever. Um, football, we do football stuff. Oh, we do, okay, we'll keep it. We'll, you're rooting for the Lions like I am. I am. You've hopped totally on that train. For the Lions. I love Dan Campbell. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like, you know, there's just nothing bad about the Lions right now. Mm -hmm. The story is so great. Um, plus, you know, it doesn't hurt that the Giants drafted Dan Campbell. Um, Long time ago. <laughs> but, you know, we saw the potential. Um, there's nothing bad about the Lions. I mean, the, the golf story is just awesome it was so great to watch all the old players showing up um last week at the game with eminem um i mean that city really deserves this yeah I, you know i've been here around the area mostly since 1999 so i've seen all do you remember the millen man march no so radio station up in detroit organized a millen man march when matt millen was making terrible draft choices um and the team was horrific. People marched on the stadium to, to have him gone. Like, I've seen it all. I don't know how people continue to give their money to that organization when it was just bad over and over. Um, so I've seen it all, and I, I felt the pain, and they had my sympathy. I was watching shows on NBC last night, um, and I get the Detroit feed on my cable, and the Detroit, the local Detroit news station on NBC up there was running a Lions promo for like, we're the station for fans. They had people sending videos. They had videos from on site and it was a different kind of cheering than what we're seeing. Seeing like there were people who were weeping and crying <laughs> and I get it because of the, the agony that they have been through and I'm so happy for them. Yeah. And you know, there's such a great fan base. Um, you're from Philly. I'm from New York. We have a similar problem. Um, Nick Sirianni is a great example. The guy was in the Super Bowl last year. He won a lot of games this year. Yeah, it didn't go as well as we hoped at the end. Um, but they're ready to have his head. Like, and, you know, calm down. You, I, I, I'm getting annoyed with social media because 
I'm inundated with just negativity yeah. on the Giants. And at some point, you're not a fan anymore. You're just doing it to take, to complain and take taste. Sure. But I don't see that in Detroit. I mean, they've suffered, but they're still supportive. Yeah, there is harshness and, and negativity, but it really is not to the level of of what we grew up with. Um, it's funny. There's a, so, you know, the radio you're from, are you familiar with the radio company Odyssey? Yes. Okay. Uh, who would ever guess? So CBS sold all their stations to Entercom in 2017. I think that's the way the transaction went down. Who would have ever guessed, uh, that you buy a lot of radio stations and go bankrupt? (laughs) Who would ever thought that? Um, and I've been telling my friends as you're familiar with WIP, right? That's yeah. RWFAN in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Legendary station. Their longtime uh, radio host just retired, and Odyssey was like, thank you. We don't have to pay you that salary anymore. We'll pay somebody else 20% to do that. And they've had a, a, a turnover in staff, and I've, I've said to my friend, as long as um, they they have like warm bodies to put there who are like just fans, as long as the phone number works to call in, They'll be okay, and yeah. there will be a lot less cost because it's it's come down to that. And I don't know about you. Well, now that you can hear, but like, I I can't. I, whenever I listen to something like that, and I hear a caller on, I flick away. Like I don't tune in to hear you. I tune in to hear. I tune in to get smarter. Yes, um, I I like listening to good hosts, and mm-hmm. I think. I think we've lost that, actually. Um, even good hosts have lost it because we're in a sort of, we got to get ahead of the story even if we don't have the facts. Um, I think that's happening with the Giants right now. You know, a lot of talk about whatever happened between Rink and Dable. Um, but everybody's just speculating and it's running wild. And I now can't figure out, like, what's, like, what's, what's no true? legitimacy behind it. Right, right. Even from people who should be better. Um, the, the, the really thoughtful people who might be a little over the top, Stephen A. Smith is extremely smart. Um, they've just do their own digital thing now because radio can't afford them because you bought a lot of radio stations and who would have guessed they'd, they'd go bankrupt. And now, like I said, on these places, as long as you can go on the air and be like X, Y, Z sucks. Here's the phone number. No, you know, I've been listening to Jim Rome. Um, on uh, on uh, my podcast, um, his radio show. I mean, basically, after the first hour, he puts it up on his podcast, and then after the second hour, he puts it up on his podcast. He does the interview separately, so you can just listen to the interview if you want to. Good. Um, and so, yeah, I can now hear it here instead of having to be in California. Um, but, and then he's got like three or four additional podcast one towards fantasy one towards gambling one towards whatever i i listen to people on the podcast but i'm kind of glad he got rid of the people right <laughs> um what else did i want to ask you oh i oh i i'm just gonna say the 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 two words aaron Rodgers. <laughs> have at it uh the witch george the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, or Aaron Rodgers. Sorry. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a nut job. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that in a clinical sense. I mean that in like a conspiracy kind of like, you know, I'm in terms of the Jimmy Kimmel thing, I'm taking Jimmy Kimmel's side sure. in that. Um, I liked his, his clap back, you know. Uh, 
I, I especially like the line where you said, um, you know, you went to a community college and then and didn't graduate, and then he went to Cal, and the only A's he ever got in his report card was his name. Yeah. That was kind of funny. I liked it. Um, you know, he's a good quarterback. I don't know. You know, he's an egomaniac. He's a narcissist, and I, you know. I I agree with those, and, and I... I I there are parts of me that are like him. Thank God I, I I'm not that bad. Um, you need some of that to talk for a living, I guess. I go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say I'm not rooting for them. I'm rooting for the Lions. But should the Packers win the Super Bowl? Boy, what a smack! In I know. Face. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Rogers, I, that'll be I, a thousand percent. That was another reason I like that the Packers won. I don't. I completely agree with everything about what you said with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he believes half the shit he throws out there. I think he is an agitator and he feeds off provoking people. That may be true. That may be true. Um, But, you know, I would get that if you were a media personality. I guess maybe he's trying to find life after football. He's doing more media than he has done. Certainly when he was in Green Bay, he felt like he was just, it was more genuine. Like, he was, you know, it's one thing to be an agitator. I mean, do you think Kyrie Irving's an agitator? No, I think, I think he believes his stuff and I feel bad for him. <laughs> I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. But the whole vaccination thing, I think he, he may believe that. Kyrie or Aaron? Both. Oh, I, I agree with that. But I, it's a good analogy. But I think, like, I feel bad for Kyrie. I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. I, I think Aaron Rodgers, somebody said he's auditioning for his, like, Fox News role yes, or something. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's that. Because you're right. He does do it more. Now, he's had a lot of free time. I think, again, into the narcissism of it, I think he got addicted. And it can be addicting to provoking people. It's like people on Twitter who just like to shit tweet. To, yes. And, and it becomes addicting. And I think that's what, what he got caught up in. And you could be completely right. I mean, he's a hard guy to figure out. And certainly, it has impacted his personal life. I mean, he doesn't talk to his family. He has gone through one girlfriend after the next girlfriend after the next. Um so, you know, at what point, you know, are you hurting yourself here? I mean, like, personally. Right. Um, I am happy that he's not beating the Giants in the playoffs. <laughs> good. Um, last thing, unless you want to do more. Are you happy with your Knicks? They're, they're, you know what the Knicks are right now? The Knicks are like the Lions last year. They it's, they're, it's not a laughing stock. It's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost there. Not not all, but I would say now they might be one piece away, one piece a away big from one. being really good. It's a big one, but they have definitely Leon Rose has set them up to get a star. Mm-hmm. People would want to go there now. James Dolan's no longer the story. Um, no one's talking about him. They're not talking about throwing Charles Oakley out of the arena. <laughs> They're not talking about all that nonsense. Um, he's done a good job of setting the tone. Um, the players that are there like it there. Um, uh, Jalen Brunson was a find. How about I'm so happy. I love. I want him to be the. I want. I hope he gets All Star starter. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything I've I've seen about him is he's just genuinely a good guy. Part of me feels for Julius Randle. He's, he's under a spotlight, and it's you know he's, he ebbs and flows. Um, I love OG. I think that's been a great acquisition. Um, 
Um, I'm happy with them. I get to, it's the only team I have to root for. Well, the Rangers. The word I was looking for is competent. Competent. Yeah. Like it's kind of like uh, the last president, which in a lot of ways for me, the worst part of it was like, what am I going to wake up to that got tweeted in the middle of the night? That's <laughs> the, like you no James Dolan stuff. Like you can just wake up and check the box score. Yes. Not, not the drama. And, and, and really, you know, we're over 500. We're going to, we are, unless it implodes, we're going to make the playoffs. Um, we probably get out of the first round, I think. Um, and I think we're in a place now where we can attract some folks. Um, Giant fans still want Donovan Mitchell, but I don't see that happening. He, no, you can't, he and him, I, listened, I was listening to a podcast the other night, and I, yeah, I agree with this. He and Brunson can't uh, coexist. Maybe not. And I think Brunson would defer but he's become such a special player. Um, I don't want to take away. They they need like a. They need the Kevin Durant they were chasing when he went to Brooklyn, uh, without all the injuries. Without all yes, Kevin Durant. I know another thing. Boy, he's not uh, that guy. Just can't stop. Stay if you if you are really off. If you really say you're off the internet, don't have a fake Twitter account. Get off. Right. Get off. And. He's a strange guy. I can't root for him. You know what? I can't root for him. I don't root for LeBron. I'm still like me. I am old. I'm, I'm a Kobe guy. I go back to Jordan. Um, old school guys. As Who are your... Who, can you rip off your the 10 best NBA players, in your opinion, in history? Oh, in history? Boy, that's tough because, you know, you go through generations. But, you know, you got to put, put some, you know... You gotta put people like Julius Irving on that list. Wow. Okay. Top ten. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you gotta put Barkley on that list. Nope. You don't put Barkley on that list. He's been pushed down. Can I? Can I give you my ten? Wait, wait. I'll give you Shaq. Okay. Kobe. Okay. Um, Jordan. Yeah, you, you gotta go Kareem. Okay. In there, Jordan's in there. LeBron's in there. Um, but for different reasons than these other guys. Um, his longevity, his freakish athletic ability. Um, I will go... Uh, who's your starting point guard? No, I mean like best ever. I don't no, care no, about who's position. Your, who's your best point guard? Oh, well, he's on my list. It's Magic. Interesting. I don't know if I... Bird's on the list. Yep. He's Bird's another one. on the list. Um, I might even go Stockton. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think he played long enough, but certainly for what he did for the game, depends what your criteria is, is I, I think Yao somewhere in there for what he did in the Interesting. Impactful, maybe. Right. I mean, he opened up China, and that's a lot of money. Yep. And he opened up a whole part of the world that didn't exist. Um, and it's a shame he got hurt with those foot, because he had some b- banging numbers. He, he did. when he, During his time, he was tremendous. Um, I don't know. Who else you got? What you got? Roughly in this order, it's Jordan LeBron, Magic Bird, Kareem, Will. Well, yeah. Here's where I get a, I can't do Bill Russell because I don't know enough about him. So, okay. so um, Duncan. Yes. 
Steph. Yes. I got two left. I would put Steph on my list. I, I got two I got two left. Um for me, Hakeem Olajuwon. You're missing a big one. Who who? Kobe. I can't do it. I <laughs> I can't for for Philadelphia reasons, but I also think he was a great player, but I think he was elevated by where he played. And he certainly played up to the lights of LA, but Get, like basketball skill on basketball skill. If I had to finish out my ten, wait, are you okay? What do you think of Hakeem? That a good one. Oh, Hakeem, definitely. His numbers are better than you you would imagine. Like he yes. he still leads the NBA history in blocks, I believe. Hakeem for sure. So my last spot. If you told me that if I didn't put Kobe on the list, you were going to kill my dogs. No. <laughs> Fine, but you know who I would probably do? Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm not putting him on my list. No way. I will tell you, if I had to pick an outside-the-box pick, okay. a guy that um, I think if I were to put a team together, I want him on my team, that kind of guy, is Rodman. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, it might be even more outrageous. It would be... It would be I think he, I think Rodman's smarter than people give him credit oh, for, and I think he would find a way to survive in today's game. It's Draymond Green. It is, but smarter than Draymond. I think, I think Rodman was more calculated in his 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 way he went about it. Yeah, Draymond's emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rodman was calculated, um, but you know, I think if you ever listen to Jordan talk, that was like one of his favorite players. Mm-hmm. They were okay when he went to Vegas. The, the guy came to play. Yeah. And he did his business, and he was super good. Last, last question. Who are, because I, I I don't really have a lot of favorites, but I do when it comes to this. Who are your three favorite NBA players ever? Favorite. Yeah, not best. Favorite. Starks. Okay. Steph. Okay. Kobe. Really? A New York guy loving a Laker a Laker player from Philadelphia? Yeah, the problem is I, I like my Knicks, but I got Starks on there. I like I didn't like Kobe for a very long time, but I've now like in looking back I've come to really appreciate him. Um Yeah. I, I gotta go that way. The only one I'm surprised I didn't put on there was Ewing because I grew up mm. with Ewing and that was sort of the prime. I'll ask you a question after this, then we'll wrap up. My three, can you guess my three? It's it's pretty predictable. Nothing outside the box. Nothing outside the box. Philly players. Two of them. Barkley. Yep. Iverson. Yep. And one, I was a 90s kid. Who did every 90s kid who liked basketball like? Jordan. Yep. Yeah. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a big Barkley fan. When you're a guy that's undersized for the position and you're leading the league in rebounds sometimes, that and his heart and his desire and I've actually come to really appreciate him post basketball life. He's brill he's really smart. He's really smart. Like, it's a shame he actually wouldn't run for um uh, a political position because he could win. He he would probably get no votes. He he would get votes, but he wouldn't win because he's so pragmatic. He he calls it like he's you know that's why I've come to like Shaq so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
actually that TNT show is amazing. It's That's, a great TV show. It's just a great. That was an amazing collection of people. They all work together. But you know, the more I read about Shaq, the guy couldn't be more down to earth. He couldn't be more straightforward. And I think Barkley's the same way. I think those two guys. It's interesting that Barkley's fallen out with Jordan, but really because mm, very a sad. Guy. There's just there's a lot of Barkley stories. Um, he might not have survived the social media era. But there was a story, uh, I think it was, they were in Milwaukee on like a cold night or something. It might have been him and Rick Mahorn or somebody else. And Barkley threw some guy through a window <laughs> at a bar, obviously. And you're like, oh, well, that's bad. Apparently, the guy was mouthing off. So anybody's going to, a lot of people are going to throw somebody through a window who's mouthing off. You know, you can't do that stuff anymore because everybody's looking for the negative and the spin right. and the take. I have an Iverson story for you, though, okay. which, which really surprised me. I did Terry Tate, the office linebacker in my old life it was with Reebok. And um, it was the All-Star Games in Los Angeles. And I'm having lunch with a guy named Mickey Pant, who's the chief marketing officer for Reebok. And Iverson has a lifetime agreement mm -hmm. with Reebok. So we're sitting having lunch, and Iverson walks past. And Mickey tries to flag him. And he doesn't acknowledge him. And so Mickey gets up and basically stands in front of him and says, hey. And Iverson just shuffled him aside and walk, kept walking. And I thought, wow, that dude just paid you 125 million bucks. <laughs> he, he seems to have come around. He's changed a lot, yeah. I think. I mean, I saw him talking about... Um, who was your coach? Uh, uh, Larry... Uh, Larry Brown. He Larry loves... Brown. Larry. I think he always loved Larry Brown. And he, he admits now that he wishes he listened to Larry Brown then because he realizes now as an adult, a man, a, an older man, that, that Larry Brown was trying to make him better. That's all of us at 25, especially when you're that talented. Amazing. M my Iverson story is when I first got into radio in 98 and 99, are you familiar with Philadelphia geography at all? A little bit. Um so the media hub of like where the TV stations and, and radios were, radio stations, were a place called Balakinwood, okay. um, outside of Philadelphia, but it's practically Philadelphia. Um, little suburb. There was a TGI Fridays there. Other some nice restaurants, um, but Fridays. Allen Iverson was their best customer. And you, Fridays. And this is like at the peak of his powers. Um, and you always knew he was there because in the parking lot, so you're talking media people and some people had nice cars or whatever. You'd see like a Cadillac, but it was, you know, a Ford and a Dodge Neon and a Bentley. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Allen's, Allen's at Fridays. <laughs> Last question. I got one for you, but go ahead. You're, you're not position wise, your favorite five Knicks ever. My favorite Starks thing, and Ewing, but not position wise. Not position. Oh, Ewing's on the basically for me, just because I grew up with them. The starting five from the from the early nineties. Oakley, Charles Smith, Patrick no, Ewing. No, 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 no. Take Charles Smith off the list. <laughs> um, Anthony Mason, Mason, Ewing, Starks, Houston, Charlie Ward. No. I mean, if I were to say this today, if I had to say my five names next today, I put those four plus Brunson. Um, you know what? As a, even, the Sixers stunk in the '90s. Like when they shipped Barkley off, it was bad. So I became a bigger NBA fan, but I never hated those Knicks. 
you know, because well, you are from Philly, so they, they Philly and New York, have, they, you appreciate the rough, tough style. I actually came to appreciate Pat Riley as a coach during that era because I was at the Garden during that time. Um, actually, uh, what, what I really found impressive was, you know, just that he was able to adapt. He went from Showtime Lakers to this is the group I got, we got to play differently. We can't play that way here. I'm going to come up with a different way here. It's I hear just we're, keep on going. Quick thing with him. So I'm working at the Garden. I don't work for the Knicks. I, I'm at the Rangers side. I don't have anything to do with them. But I run into him because you're at the Garden. So once in a while you like pass on the hallway. Um, and never, I don't think I said, but hello. I'm at that same All Star game at that same lunch with Mickey Pant, and he came in, and God damn it, he remembered my name. Oh, your name too? <laughs> he remembered my name. I mean, you are a memorable person. I thank you. Good, I hope. <laughs> um, John Morant. Since we were talking about Allen Iverson, okay. I know there's like a strange analogy there, but yeah, yeah. What's your take on John Morant? Stay off the internet. Um, nothing really. It sucks because he's such an incredible player. The Iverson analogy is is a really good one. Um, I'm I've I always liked and respected those were grit and grind Memphis or whatever they called those teams. Um, and they, they kept it going in this new era and just up their scoring. I just thought it was interesting that with all his gun issues, his first game back, he made the winning shot. I know that's in somewhat poor taste, but... <laughs> you, you know, I think... Uh, he these I think Barkley talked about this. You, you, you got to learn that you, you, did, you worked really hard. You're very talented... Um, if you if you're hanging around with guys that are bringing you down, you gotta cut them. You gotta cut them loose. That was Iverson. He 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 did not cut enough uh, enough of those people. Right. I mean, you know, I don't want you to lose your friends, but if they're not going to adapt and come up with you, then you gotta cut them. You have enough money. Go buy new friends. Exactly. 